0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest Wolves Fancast episode. As always, a part of the 90 Minute Network, uh, along with our sponsors, Pixel Yay Media, the Sports Shop Kings Winford. On today's episode, I've got with me Dan Butler at DB Butler Analysis. How's things going, Dan?
1: Yeah, good, mate. How are you?
0: Yeah, fantastic. Still um, riding the Bruno ball wave uh, as it is. Obviously, another good win again on uh, Monday. What was your sort of thoughts on the game?
1: Yeah, look, first off, I think we took advantage of a pretty poor Everton side. Decimated um, by injuries. Yeah, look, they were, absolutely. But um, I don't think that takes away from the performance, to be honest with you. like We were we were that good. We controlled the game, limit them massively. Um, then second half, we just do what we always do and, and drop off an extra couple of yards and not pressuring the ball in the same way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still not convinced by some of Bruno's in game decisions, I think you probably take Trinkau off a little bit earlier and you you probably don't take him off for Pidence. You probably stick Dendonka in the middle and, and try and get a bit of control there. But look, I'm 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 nitpicking really it's another good win.
0: Yeah, uh, there was a an article in the Express and Star today where I think Liam Keane or another journalist may have prodded Bruno in, in regards to his sort of late substitution mm. making and he pretty much said there's he didn't want to sort of change the dynamic of the game, um, and sort of uh, looking at walls more of a as a def- defensive unit in regards to set pieces, having a bit more height on the pitch. Mm. Um, what, do you, what do you think of that? I mean, if it,
1: it's a strange way to say it. I mean, I'm, obviously there's the Portuguese and English barrier, so maybe he probably maybe doesn't get his point across as he wants. But you sort of do want to change the dynamic of the game at that point because the dynamic of the game was we all knew what was coming. We, when a YB scores, like obviously he's going to score because he always gets his customary goal against us. When he scores, was, were you surprised?
0: Like we nah, all saw it coming. It was, a, it was a definite momentum change, wasn't it? Yeah. In, in, in any game of football, if a team's winning two goals to nil and the, the opposition team get a goal back, the, there is a momentum change, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there is. And, and so that's why I was surprised by him coming out and saying that, you know, you, want, you don't want to change the defensive dynamic there. And I get it because back line wise, it's very settled now. Um, I, for example i don't see marcel getting back into this team now um but midfield wise we looked not leggy but we were getting outrun there and i didn't expect fabian delft to have that much of an impact but apparently he does um but look i see both sides of it and ultimately we've won the game but i think yeah going forward it's something that will probably need to be addressed in terms of when we make those those in game changes and and how it happens
0: what did you make to um, Max Kilman's performance again today? Obviously, we'll take a quick look, look at the goal here. Yeah,
2: I saw, um,
1: I saw Cody was, I think it was, was it Cody came out and was saying they've been giving him a bit of stick because he's so tall and he should be scoring more of them. Um, he's deserved it to be honest he's been probably along with Sarr probably player of the season so far um, and you know part pre-season you never expect him to be this much of an inter- integral figure in that back line um, and now look at him you, you you wouldn't displace him for anyone really Bolly can't even get back in the side at this point
0: It's borderline ridiculous how difficult it is for to making his way back into this defensive unit, but a lot of that is due to the form obviously Kilman and Romain Soyes. How impressive have you been with Soyes from a defensive point of view this season? Yeah, do you know
2: what?
1: Defensively still worries me. Um, You saw I think it was first half and that that ball comes to him. He tries to clear it on his right peg and he he slices it and he lets Damari grey through and I'm thinking, Christ here we go again with Soyes. But look, I think um, think it was Gully that put something out on, on GTA talking about Progression from that left side, and Saez is the most important player we have in that sense. Um, He picks a pass better than anyone in that back line. Progressively, Um, Cody's always got the plaudits for it, as as Gully pointed out as well. But it's actually Saez; it's always been him. He finds, he threads the lines much better than anyone else does in that back line, and um, that's something that Bolly's never been able to do either. So, you know, that sort of um, asset is important to have in that area of the pitch.
0: I think it's um, important for our listeners to to be aware that obviously Gully does a weekly uh, analysis show over on our YouTube channel. It's one of the most insightful videos you'll find from a Wolves channel as far as I'm concerned. Just give you a brief uh, little snippet
2: here. Um, from the game, you can see that we're just making a little bit more advancement and inroads uh, down the left flank than we would on the right-hand side. And there's a reason why that is the case. For a start, I think... You know a lot of commentary um, around uh, Roman Saiz's position within the team. I think when we haven't necessarily been at our best, he, he becomes quite an easy target to suggest um, to be replaced. Now we all know he can probably be improved upon as a defender, but if I if I take you through his game from a possession perspective, he's pretty much the best left-sided centre half in the league. Now if you look at this um, this pass map from Saiz, from yesterday's game. You can see he's making plenty of penetrative passes into the final third. And this is evidence when you have a look at the um, number of passes into the final third across the Premier League um, so far this season. The only other Wolves player that features is Ruben Neves, but next to him, fourth in the list, is Roman Sáez. I think that's a lot of the reason why Willy Bolly isn't necessarily back in the side at this point.
0: I mean, the stats for Ramah says' have, have been mightily impressive, haven't they? Obviously, leading Morocco in the African Cup of Nations in uh, in January. H- how much of a blow do you think that's going to be, losing Saiz, who's, who's your sort of ready-made replacement? For that, bearing in mind, we're not going to have the window open for, I think, a couple of games before we have to go down that route?
1: Yeah, honestly, I, I don't think there is one. Um, <clears throat> I think you almost have to adapt the way we start to build up through the different thirds, really, because we won't have that that player on the left-hand side of the three to progress the ball like he can. Um, you've got Kilburn who's left-footed, but he's, he's he's probably better on the ball in terms of dribbling and, and, and confidence-wise. But um, when it comes to the passing, I don't think there's actually anyone in that back line who can replicate what what Saïs does from where he does. Because obviously Cody is just no way ever going to play on that left-hand of the three. It's always going to be central. Um, and it's, like I said, I think it's a case of adapting. I think... It is worrying. We, we, I think we've all said it, you know, all on all on Twitter about what we're going to do centre backs wise for those couple of games. Um, and even when the window does open, you're not going to get someone in straight away. Um, it's about adapting, really. I probably sound like a manager, but it, it, that's it. That's how it will be, you know.
0: There doesn't seem to be sort of a an academy defender that's really making strides to take in that sort of place in January at the moment. Is obviously we've got Dion Sanderson out. Of- on loan at Birmingham, who could be recalled if we desperate? Obviously, I think he has played in a three. Um, was he in a three at Sunderland on loan?
1: Wrong no person to ask. I wouldn't have. Yeah. yeah, I haven't paid attention to Sunderland for a long old time.
0: <laughs> no, I, I don't think uh, it's anyone's uh, free time to be using wisely that sort of way. <laughs> um, the only sort of thing for me, unless Bruno's hand is forced and he has to go into a, a back four, is putting. Den Donker at right centre-back and moving Kilman over to the left?
1: Yeah, I, I don't hate the idea in terms of if we have to do it, because um, I, I don't think there's any chance he goes to a four at this point, and especially when we're that short of centre-backs. Um, Dendonka, you, you either love him or hate him. I, I wrote a piece on him and, and felt that maybe like a right centre-back position could be, could be him in, in the future. Um, but it certainly wasn't something that I was 100% comfortable with. And it's also a lot to ask him to come in and immediately adapt to a to a defensive line that's quite settled.
0: I think, obviously, having the same sort of names, we can just both agree on that. We implore Foson that they need to get some players in in January. It's, it is massive. One uh, sort of area on the pitch that we don't need to be looking at replacing straight away is our centre forward, Ralph Jimenez got his 50th goal in the wig. What was your thoughts on his performance and, in particular, that finish?
1: Do you know the, the finish was unbelievable? Um, you'd expect nothing less. It's he's calm in front of goal, he always has been. Um, I know there, were, there were doubts when he came over his goal scoring ability because his record wasn't that much or, sorry, much to write home about. Um, but you, you you don't doubt him in those situations. The way he Dinks Pickford as well sits him down, you wouldn't expect any less. Um, but for me, it was it was his all round game against Everton more than anything because they were quite deep they, that first half. They were quite negative, and what it needed was players like him and as to come deeper a little bit, show for the ball, and and move those defenders and that block around a little bit. And when he did that, you know, five six passes later, you see the space that's opened up as a result. Um, I think that's what he brings to the team. And I, I think that's, as much as I like Fabio, I think that's the difference you see between him and Jimenez. Fabio last season, very stationary where he was, stayed central and he'd get bullied quite a bit. Let's have it right. Um, he'll grow from that, obviously. But the the difference with having someone like Jimenez is intelligent enough to take up different different spaces on the pitch. And he doesn't need to have the ball to, have, to make an impact. And I think that's what's most impressive for a striker.
0: Some of the... More visual things I've noticed in in Rale the last couple of games, he does seem to have a bit more zip and acceleration. Where I felt like the first, like, sort of few games of the season, he was sort of just rebuilding his fitness after having so much time out. The big thing, um, in regards to the finish past Pickford for me is that I thought he took too long to get his shot away. Um, obviously, Pickford came out, made himself big, but just the the dink was something out of a Bob Ross episode, wasn't it? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Do you know what? I thought the same thing, but it's that extra bit of time that he gives himself for Pickford to to go down too early and he he can just put it over him like that. And and you know, if we're on a football pitch, we'd probably smash it right at Pickford in in panic, you know, but he's, you know, just different like that, thinks differently, thinks much more clear in those situations. He can do that.
0: Uh, before I let you go and enjoy your evening, before I pull on uh, our Crystal Palace fan correspondent Benny Esther, what's your score prediction for the game on on uh, Saturday? Um,
1: I'm going to give them the respect they deserve to be fair. They look a, they look a decent outfit under Vieira, and there's um, there's players in there that scare me. Um, I don't n- not too worried about Zaha, famous last words, obviously, but players like Elise and Edouard they look useful. Um, mm-hmm. Gallagher's a totally different player to what he was at Albion. He's allowed to have a bit more freedom going forward now and he looks a proper threat. Um do you know what? I'll go I go 1-1. I go I'm going to go conservative
0: 1-1. Yeah, it's going to be um a tight game on Saturday. I think I don't think it's going to be overly high scoring. Uh Dan as always, thanks for giving us your time this evening. Hopefully we'll uh, catch you soon. Thank you mate. Right, it's going to get uh Our Crystal Palace correspondent. <laughs> Anything so nice in your life, ben?
3: How we doing, mate? You right?
0: Yeah, good to you.
3: Yeah, good, man. Good. God, it's been a while.
0: Are you still sort of glowing in the win of uh, Saturday or did the train journey back still ruin the day?
3: No, nah, to be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't just that one day, was it? I came back on Monday. So I was meant to come back on Sunday, but they just ruined the trains completely. So I thought, oh, I'll just have another night out. But no, nothing, nothing could have stopped that, man. That was unbelievable, that.
0: What, how have your sort of preconceptions of Patrick Vieira changed um, recently? Obviously, the form table at the moment, um, Crystal Palace won, won one of the last five, but drawn four. Big win against it, Man City on the weekend.
3: It doesn't really tell the full story. To be honest, when he first come in, I, I didn't even, I think disagree with it. To be honest, I would have had anyone that weren't Hodgson, to be fair. Oh, no, <laughs> when, we I was... had,
0: when we last spoke, you'd sort of... Um, you come to the end of your tether with Hodgson, and yeah, you? you 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 appreciate the work that he put in, but it needed a new
3: change yeah, of pass, didn't it? Didn't like football at all. I just, just rather lick a wall match stage rather than watch that. But um, but no, when he first came in, I was like, I'm just open to it. I know like he didn't have um the greatest record with like um New York. Uh to be honest, the uh the Nice record didn't really worry me at all because we were gonna go and get farther. Um, but like he'd finished a spot below Vieira did with the same knees team. That's gone. Well, I'm a bit open to it. Like let's see what happens. I don't think our squad is bad enough to go down with any manager at the moment, to be honest. I think there's always been three worse teams in the division than what we are. So yeah, I was just like, we've got to take a risk, otherwise you're just gonna keep going and get defensive managers to try and stay in the in the league every year. It's just not what I wanted then to be honest. It's um it seems like it's like it's working, mate.
0: You say you would have taken any manager at the time. What was your sort of feelings when your club was being linked to Nuno?
3: At the time, I was kind of like, yeah, I could be down for it. Because you've seen what he's done at Wolves. But, I mean, in hindsight, I'm glad we missed it. I'm definitely glad. Because I'm pretty sure the, the main issue was he wanted to bring all his backroom staff. And going through what he's done at Spurs, I imagine he brought all his backroom staff to Spurs, and then in the space of what ten games, they've now got to not only get a new manager but a whole backroom staff as well, which would have been a pain for us. Um, yeah. But it's more obviously, the loyalty to the backroom staff that we have.
0: Yeah, the obviously the funds that Tottenham have on their disposal compared to Palace's is, um, extravagant, isn't it? I think I think Nuno maybe took some like maybe five or six of his coaching staff with him, and there's only two that didn't follow. It's like it's a big upheaval, isn't it, for a, a club of, of Palace?
3: It's a lot. And it's a risk as well. I mean, so his last time I was on a review, you weren't even his biggest fan at that time, either.
0: No, I think we, we got to sort of the same sort of um, mindset of view that where we appreciated what he'd, he'd brought to the club, but the football wasn't great to watch in the end. Obviously, he'll pinpoint the loss of Raul Jimenez as being pivotal to why the football wasn't as entertaining as it was. But... I think that the, the, it did come to um it did come to the end and, and I think Wolves allowing him to be uh, released via mutual consent and not sacking was the nicest thing they could have done for the guy <laughs> if anyone's got anything different right. in the comment section let us know um, last time out at Crystal Palace uh Abereyez they got the the winner in a obviously in a 1-0 win bit of a rocket shot from edge of the box past Patricia what was your sort of thoughts on that game if you can cast your mind back
3: to be honest, I'm pretty sure that whole game was kind of like it was a one nil game written all over it. it. Just could have gone either way, really was. And it took a bit of moment of magic from a player that, if we didn't have as well as wealth that season, then it could have just gone completely different. But um, but no, to be honest, if, I would have been happy with a draw any any point in that season at all. Just against teams around us, a win is a bonus at this point, but.
0: Uh, Patrick Vieira has been nominated for Man of the Month Manager of the Month, uh, for October. I think Bruno uh, Large would have won that, uh, in a landslide if the uh, Monday's game against Everton was in October. <laughs> um, what's your sort of feelings in regards to Vieira getting Manager of the Month? Do you think he's uh
3: deserving of it? He deserves it, but it's a curse. So, in a, in a way, I'd rather, him, I'd rather him stay away from it. Um, but to be honest, if it did if it had not conceded the two last minute goals, then the record just completely spins on its head. It's a great record as it is. Um having a win away at City is is probably more than enough anyway for anyone to to win an award and not losing for the whole month. Um but as be as who he's up against, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too sad if he didn't get it, to be honest. I know David Moyes has been absolutely smashing it for West Ham, which is fair enough. Um Liverpool, Liverpool and Chelsea, Chelsea don't they? Don't they? So probably would be David Moyes, to be honest.
0: Yeah, as you can see in the in the form table, there obviously Tuchel and David Moyes both five games, four wins, one defeat. Chelsea with that sort of seven nil against Norwich that makes that goal difference look a bit more nicer than probably what they deserve. Um, what's your th- thoughts on the England squad that came out today? Obviously, we're a bit disappointed that Max Kilman hasn't made it in, in front of um, Tyrell Mings, but obviously Mark Gray, your guys, probably was was, was within the shout as well as Conor Gallagher.
3: Yeah, he dropped him in the um, press conference, didn't he? As Southgate said, it was him, um, Gallagher, and someone else. Can't remember. Yes, yeah, it's Smith just Roy boring, was. isn't it? It's just the same. Every, every single time there's a selection, it is just the same. It just seems like it's a bit of a boys' club. It's a bit of a if you're if you're friends with a manager or, or if you're in, it's more like oh, I can't let my friend down rather than actually getting people in who are on form. Because the only two I'd really say from Palace that are in kind of in for shout would be Gallagher and um, Go Ahead. But I can understand reasoning. If you want to say keep the under 21s strong then that's fair enough But if you're actually basing it on if you want to win a game of football um i don't know how Tyra mings is even in there anyway to be honest there's, there's it's not even just my center back. you got ben white um I hate to say it, lewis dunk probably put at least another two or three more that are better than Mings. he doesn't even start for villa
0: yeah i think uh, there's a few wolves fans that would say um connor Cardi's maybe a bit lucky to still be in yeah the i England think so <laughs>
3: Uh, Again, but, though, I think it's more just like, you know, he's probably been around the camp and he's, he's quite friendly with people like that and he's probably a nice bloke, so that probably does does uh, buy him a bit more time.
0: Uh, we got a, a comment from Ron Lippitt in uh, the YouTube channel. What it must feel like to be a Palace fan, the Cleveland Indians of the Premier League.
3: No clue what that means.
0: No clue what that means. <laughs> I, I assume it's maybe like NFL or, or whatever. Some oh. of these
3: rogue blokes that stay out till four o'clock in the morning watching American sports I'm not that guy. Um, so I wouldn't know.
0: <laughs> obviously, we're, we're 10 games into the season now. Um, is it two wins, two defeats, six draws? Yeah. That, um, how far this season do you think Vieira can take this Palace side?
3: Sky's the limit. Absolutely. Um, I don't even think we need to get any people in in January, to be honest. And That's the first time it's been like that for quite a while. It's just a case of a um, new manager comes in, you've got to wait until you know the players get used to him. It's the one the philosophy that's come from very, very defensive to now constant pressure play on the front foot. But we've had those players. Our squad has always been a squad that's not really too good defensively individually. But we have had good attackers, so I don't know why we've been defending this whole time. As soon as we've come out of our shell and started actually playing football on the, on the front foot, we've been smashing it. I can't really remember a game... Apart from Chelsea, first game of the season, that I was like quite underwhelmed with how we played, uh, but we didn't have Gallagher that one game. So probably he's the um, he's one of the main catalysts while we're playing it like that. Um, but no, I've, every team, every game we go into, we've just beat City. Yes, the had. I, I don't see us not being able to win a game if the if the cards fall on the day, you know.
0: Yeah, it's all about being competitive, isn't it? Just week in, week out. There's no easy games in in the Premier League. Um... How did you fare when you came up against Newcastle? Because obviously Wolves beat uh, Newcastle in sort of recent games. Uh, Wolves won two on that day. But how did your game go against them? Newcastle have always been an awkward side for us in the Premier League. Well, we've played uh, six times up until recently. And we've drew every uh, one. So. Really?
3: They're one of those teams. Um, on paper, you should absolutely slap them. But the exactly. way that we're playing football I, I can see it in that kind of game it kind of i was like okay fair enough if a team comes five at the back we find it a bit harder to break down we like teams coming on to us because then we hit them on the counter but they just were literally five at the back i'd probably say nine at the back and just hoping sam Maximum did something which to be fair yeah, yeah. got him um got him a quarter and got the equalizer but I mean I'm trying to I try to look at it, it was as with a, the least amount of bias as possible, and that is one of the worst referee performances I think I've ever seen at Celer's hands down. And I don't know if it's if it's dodgy dealings or just the guy could not handle the pressure because of all the the takeover stuff and he kind of felt like he had to give decisions their way, but it's all little tiny decisions and it's quite hypocritical like the whole way through. Um, the VAR goal should have been disallowed to be honest he, he is pulling his shirt. But if he's going to pull up fouls for quarters and you've got to be consistent, then their goal shouldn't have should have counted anyway. So it's a bit nitpicky. I don't know. But we could have helped ourselves a lot more. It was a lot of wasted chances. Benteke had an open goal near enough one-on-one that he put past the post. But to be honest, performance was still there. So I'm happy with that.
0: We we really came on stock against um, Brentford earlier on in the season. Did did you guys lose to, the, to Brentford?
3: No, we, we drew nil-nil. We should have won. Right, and to be honest, it's another game that we had a really good performance in because they yeah. come on to us, and we sh- we had chances to put that game away. Should have been able to put it about two nil if we could took our chances. Conor Gallagher hit the bar in about three minutes, um, but they did have their fair like, share of chances as well. But I remember walking away from that game just thinking, how have we drew that kind of thing?
0: Did they have many chances um, aside of their time wasting? Was it really bad when you
3: played them? Oh, it's it's awful. It's it's really bad, um, but it's like it's nil nil. In like the third minute, and the keeper's taking ages to put the ball down. You're just thinking, Their like... the
0: goalkeeper changed his goalie gloves in the first half. That's right, time, yeah, that's yeah, how badly they were time wasting. It was shocking, and
3: it was bad, man. Throw in just everything, the lot. But what I love doing is when teams do that, and you go one, the lot up, you see it, you see it change quite quick.
0: Yeah, they start sprinting for throw-ins and yeah. substitutions. Uh, happen quickly. Let's quickly get back to our game on Saturday. There's, there's plenty of players that I could say. The Well, I went with the Neil Emblem derby. There's a few <laughs> players there. Bakri Sako, Wayne Hennessy, George Ndard, Jamie Smith. I mean, some of those players before you were even born. Brenner probably got Kevin yeah. Muscat, was born, Dougie Friedman. Is, is Dougie Friedman still at the club?
3: Yeah, he's, um, oh, what is he, director of football? He's basically the one that does tap up all the players and, and like um, gets all the transfers sorted. And to be honest, ever since he's been that job, the players we've got in are just ridiculous, especially for like the business we've done. Um, Nathan Ferguson from West Brom £900,000
0: in the tribunal that's, now. I mean, that's, that's a point, out, isn't isn't
3: it? It? It's ridiculous. He hasn't played a minute of football for us, but they wanted 11 million in January. Couldn't decide on a deal with us. So we just said we will leave it. He's out of contract at the end of the month, which uh, picked him up. Simple as that. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm,
0: I'm all for en- uh, anyone fleecing West Brom. So uh, yeah, no, exactly on that one.
3: But I mean, just to, to touch on Dougie Friedman, I think the lot la- the three um, for the last three seasons, the young player of the year in the championship signed by Palace at the end of the season. Yeah. So you had Alise, Eze and Ferguson, which just kind of shows the way that we're trying to, you know, take the yeah. cup.
0: That's a, a solid foundation for any recruitment, is it? Just pickpocket the the best championship players you just mentioned um earlier how informed conor gallagher's been obviously the ones that i picked to watch were Wilfred zaha uh wilfrid zaha has got two goals and one assist in his last uh, three arm games and conor gallagher's conor gallagher's performance away at man city five ball recoveries two interceptions five chances created away at man city the one assist and the one goal um how impressed have you been with Conor Gallagher? And is there a possibility you think you could sign him permanently, or is he is he going back?
3: The guy's ridiculous. I've, I've not seen a midfielder like it for not ever playing for Palace without a doubt. He just he's constant. He's at the edge of your own box. Two seconds later, he's on the edge of their box. He just he doesn't put a foot wrong. Judges challenges so well. Um, gets a lot of yellow cards. I think every near enough every one game he's putting that out a yellow card. Um, but he does it in. Times where he needs to take it, it's really clever. But I've just—I've never seen a player all over the field like he is. And then just going forward, he's—he's he's so good. He's got such a good footballing brain. Um, don't think he's going to stay. A lot of people get a lot like, happy when lone players start tapping the badge and, and showing how much they're loving staying and stuff. But I think his family are massive Chelsea fans. He's been in the Chelsea academy for for years. He probably will want to go back to Chelsea and, and prove his worth. Best scenario I could probably think is that they haven't got any room for him next year, and they send him to us back on loan for another year. I'd happily take that, but I think it would it would probably take forty to fifty million by the end of the season if they're even just to consider it. And to be honest, I don't think that he would. So it's just about enjoying the time we got with him. Really? Let's
0: quickly um have a look at the, the likely lineups. Uh fellow Crystal Palace uh channel the five year plan sent us their predicted lineup. Just go I'll go through it with yourself as well, see if you've got any differences. You yeah. mentioned um Elisa, and I know we've spoken privately about your disdain for Jordan. Are you? Yeah. What's your sort of feelings to that side of so you you went four three three the majority of this season, Gallagher, Milovo and James McArthur in the midfield? What's who who should we be looking out for and where's your weak links?
3: Uh to be honest. I would have said the three-week links that we've had from the start of the season has mostly been on the right-hand side. So you've had Ward, Ayu um, and Kayate. Past few games, to be honest, Ward has been superb, to be fair. He usually gets done with pace. He can't really handle pace that much. So if you've got um, a tricky left winger, you probably have a field day of him, to be honest. Um, and then just you really, if, I don't think Elise is going to start. For some reason, he doesn't like starting him. So um, I'd probably say it'd be Edwards, Zaha and Ayu. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Benteke, not Edwards, and Zaha gets pushed out on the wing. Depends how defensive you're coming. So if you're going with, what's that, a three-back or a five-back? It's a five-back, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's it, yeah. So I've we've got, got obviously Ryan Aitnori and Hwangi Chan on our left side going up against uh, Joel Ward.
3: Yeah, he changed, he changed it up for, um, from Arsenal to Newcastle, have Benteke out front. Because the aim is probably to win the aerial battle because five at the bat's quite hard to play through. So I yeah. reckon Zaha will be on the wing and Benteke will be up front. And it's between Elise and Ayu. It should be Elise hands down, but I don't know. Maybe the injuries come back from he's not fully recovered. Or I don't know what Ayu's got on him, but he somehow is still playing.
0: How impressed <laughs> were you with um, Vieira's substitution on on Saturday to bring on Elise for Kiarte when it would have been easier to shut up shop?
3: Oh, the, the mentality there is just completely like what we've absolutely craved for for years he um i think he's learned from his mistakes because at uh, arsenal when we was winning he went five at the back brought on james Tompkins, and then we just invited so much pressure and at that point we were still dominating them so we didn't even need to change a thing really apart from bringing on fresh legs like that so he's probably learned from the arsenal game not to sit back because if you sit back against a team like the city there's there's absolutely no chance they're just going to Have ten shots at goal and at least one of them is going to go in. That's the thing. But I think he's learnt. We need to play on the front foot. But it's just a mentality change. It's just um, that just boosted the fans completely in the ground. Just to think, it's the 80th 80th minute or whatever it was, and he's bringing off a a midfielder for an attacker. He's probably it's good game management. He saw that they um, they were pushing high up the pitch. They only had ten players, and we had a lot of space every time we picked up the ball. He was near enough 3v2 every time, so he just kind of popped it to 4v2, and that's how we got the second goal. So, no, I trust him. If he, if he wants to put IU on, start IU, then he's clearly seeing something that I'm not. He's a manager and I'm not, <laughs> really.
0: Yeah, I understand that, and uh, I think that regularly to myself um, in regards to why people listen to this podcast, but people do. Thanks for listening, as always. Um In regards to your recruitment earlier on in the season, uh, Anderson and mark gray at the back could you really have envisaged them linking up so well
3: uh the link up's really good i think they complement each other quite well because anderson's passing is unbelievable it can just it just pings and it goes wherever he needs to and his defensive like his his awareness isn't the greatest but then you've got who's absolutely spot on on the ground doesn't get dribbled past Makes every tackle, but couldn't pass it longer than ten yards. So it's kind of they—they they both complement each other quite well. Um, I hope they'd be a good pairing, but I didn't think they'd hit the ground running. To be honest, the, the, all of the team has hit the ground running this season.
0: Um, who from sort of the Wolves uh, predicted lineup? Obviously, this was our lineup uh, against Everton on Monday. Uh, Trinco, uh Jimenez, and Hwangi Chan leading the line. Mm. Who, obviously, with Adama on the bench, who is usually the opposition fans' player to be most worried about who you're concerned about in that side
2: to be honest it'd
3: be either Jimenez or huang wouldn't mind huang because he's on the bench for the fpl but you know push comes to shove but i think Jimenez is just one of them players you know he probably is one of them players where every fans go oh he doesn't he doesn't score until he turns up to to our place stuff like that i don't even know if he has but it's just you expect him to score he probably will score but probably probably Jimenez. i'll say out of all them
0: I'm kind. I'm trying to wrap my brain heads to think whether Jimenez has scored against Pali since we've returned to the... If he's, he's had a drought, world. then most likely. Um,
3: I know well, he, is, have you got a player in that team that's either never scored a Premier League goal or is on like a seven-year drought? Because they'll be banging in. Usually, it's what happens. I don't know when that first well, goes.
0: Yeah, you, you're looking at sort of Nelson Samaido there, obviously, <laughs> up in the first <laughs> season where when we got um, promoted back to the Premier League. Matt Doherty got the winner from a... Him his essence. I think that was Doherty's first goal in the Premier League. So, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll yeah, been I'll drop I'll drop a I'll drop a five on Smaido on, on the back of your uh, comment there, Ben. I will be
3: as well. Absolutely.
0: Thanks for coming on today, Ben. As always, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Even though I gave you some harassment the weekend. <laughs> <in> the <laughs> don't know what that was day. about. Was I don't wild. know where What's it came from. Ben, honestly, I just thought oh, I'll just call your club, see where yeah. he reacts. <laughs>
3: But the tweet above it, you said something nice. I was like, I don't know if it was aimed at me or or the other guy that was piping up. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I was just I was just in a in a funny mood. Had a few to drink and thought. I thought I'll just call Crystal Palace, Poxy, and see how Ben reacts.
3: Yeah, I was just like crying in the club, mate.
0: As always, thanks to everyone who's tuned in tonight with your comments, listened, uh, continues to support the fancast. We'll be back after the Crystal Palace game, uh, hopefully to review a win. But before I let Ben go, what's your score prediction, Ben?
3: Uh, I'm always going to be optimistic to be honest don't think it's going to be a clean sheet probably 1-1-2-1 one i will go on the side of 2-1 but I wouldn't be shots sure for
0: 1-1 yeah I'm sticking with 1-1 myself I think it's got obviously Palace have, have drew 6 out of their 10 games so far and Wolves have got a decent we've got a better away record than we have got at home this season but yeah. I think we came unstuck with um, Brentford's high press and I think uh, Palace do play that way so I think I'm going to go with 1-1 Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you after Palace.